Hi, it's Taylor. Quickly jumping in before the episode starts to let you know that we've changed our name and are now Sisters Assemble. You can find our updated social handles in the show notes. Enjoy the show! Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Let's Talk Marvel Fan Theories podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Katie, and we're two sisters and borderline obsessed Marvel fans who have been following the Marvel Cinematic Universe closely for years. And now we want to share our MCU discussions with you. We chat about our own predictions and theories, plus some of our favorites from online, and our reactions to all of the Marvel content that's considered MCU canon, including the Disney Plus shows and the movies, as well as the Marvel news you need to know. It's officially a wrap on 2021 MCU content. We had our last new content episode last week with Hawkeye episode 6, and now it is time for us to break down our favorite shows, movies, as well as chat a little bit about what we're excited about in 2022. Katie, do you want to start with shows? Yeah, so we're going to start with the shows that came out in 2021. This year, in general, we were definitely given a lot of content. Five shows. Which yeah, I keep forgetting about what if. So every time you keep saying five, I'm like, what are you talking about? But yes, we were given five TV shows. So to start with the TV shows, we're going to give our rankings. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about why we're giving what we are giving our rankings. We have very differing opinions. We do. For different reasons. So I guess let's start with spot number one for the five shows. And I'll, I'll name them real quick. If you don't know them, but I'm going to name them real quick. Just as a recap, because I forgot one yeah. of them last week, so I keep totally forget- Well, I keep forgetting the fifth one, because I keep forgetting that, that it counts as a show. WandaVision started off this year in February. January. Oh my gosh, was it January? It was in January. It feels like a fever dream. <laughs> um, <laughs> January. Then we had the Falcon and the Winter Soldier in March. Don't worry, I know that one. Then we had Loki in June. We had What If coming out in August. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, we wrapped up with Hawkeye, which began in November. Yes. So, personally, I'm going to start with my number one spot. I give it to Hawkeye. Agreed. Okay. That's one spot where we do agree. I think that's the only one we genuinely might agree on. I think we might also agree on two. Okay. That's valid. I think four and five is where things get hairy for us. Yeah. (laughs) That might start a fight. Um, (laughs) We may or may not have been arguing about this in a restaurant like an hour ago. So, obviously, I'll start with my reasons why I'm giving it to Hawkeye. For those of you who have been following Hawkeye and our episode-by-episode reactions to it, obviously... I mean, I gushed about the show. I think the only one I, w- I didn't love was the ending episode, just because I thought it was a little busy, in my opinion. Um, and a little disappointing. Uh, yeah, I, I think my biggest complaint was just the busyness, personally. I just thought there was kind of a lot going on, a lot of storylines came out to be involved in it. So I, I thought the last episode was a little, just like I said, busy. But other than that, the show, I thought in whole was perfect. Every character brought in was brought in effectively. I thought everyone was played well and w- like there was not that Marvel messes up casting, but I just thought it was really on par casting. So I don't know for the kind of show that it was going to be. I, I think that was the one show I really went into kind of like, eh, cause like other than finding out later on that Yelena was going to be in it. I really was like, cool. Yeah. Hawkeye. Like just because he's never been my like favorite from the OG6 Avenger. I mean, personally, I also liked it a lot because of the Nat uh, relationship to it because Natasha was my favorite Avenger of the OG6, so I like that, but yeah, that's why that takes the number one spot for me. Yeah, I think for me, part of it is that it was the most surprising, so to your point, I also was least excited about Hawkeye. I was like, oh, 
So we're getting a whole show about Hawkeye. Not that I disliked him, but like to your earlier point, of the OG six, he's the least compelling. And that's not due to Jeremy Renner's portrayal of the character. No, not at all. That's due to just unfortunate and just like backburner writing well, for his Kate character. Well, calls him branding issues. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just think he's not written well in any of, like, he he's not in comparison. to his comic book. Yeah. Yeah. He's not written that way. He's not given the same depth. He's not explored in the same way the other characters are. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm not going to complain about content ever, but it's a passing of the torch, so that's going to be fine. And then it just blew me away. The first two episodes, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. And then it continued, to your point again, up until episode six. I'm very sad about what happened in episode six. I just, it was a little disappointing, to your point, a little busy. I thought it could have been executed a little better. But one through five were the most consistently fantastic episodes that Marvel has put out so far this year. So that's why it takes the top spot for me. Yeah. Well, then, number two, which uh, we apparently might agree on. I think we do. I think we probably do. For me, is WandaVision. Agreed. Okay. Okay, cool. So, so far, not an issue. The movies are going to be more interesting, (laughs) because I know there's just... But for different reasons, there's discrepancy in the movies. WandaVision, for me, I think part of it is almost, in a weird way, now this nostalgic thing, because it was our first show. And also our first time back since 2019. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. It was, like, the first piece of content since... Far from home. Yes. I hate that. The whole, that message. Please me up. don't do that again, John Watts. Yeah. In the next like, trilogy. I, I, we're begging anyone you. who's been listening uh, hears me mess, especially when we were doing No Way Home. I said the wrong thing about like 17 times. But it was the first piece of content since Far From Home had come out in July of 2019. So, because they were already planning to do a break, and then COVID said, don't worry, we'll extend it. Yeah. But so part of it is that nostalgic, like, it was the first piece of content, first show we ever got. On top of that, for me, I have a bias just because Wanda is one of my favorite characters and has been. I just love the Scarlet Witch in general and, like, seeing her come, like, I was screaming seeing her come into, like, being the Scarlet Witch. I thought this was another example of the first eight episodes were really, really good, and I thought the ninth episode was, like, eh. Yeah. To end a series, I thought it was a little, like, yeah, okay. Like, it, it wasn't great. I thought it could have really ended more, like, pow kind of so that's really why that one comes in second for me i also was not really a big fan of the whole like ralph boner thing oh my god i'm still bitter about it yeah i i I just like that because i mean like we were so excited after that episode ended there and i was like ran around the house screaming yeah i was like there's no way like blah 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 and then like to find out by the end of the series that it just, like, was a it whole, like... It just seemed like, like a waste. Especially yeah. now with what we've done with Spider-Man and bringing those guys in. Yeah. You know, now, now you can't do that. Or, or, like, if you do, it's just weird. Yeah. yeah. Now it's, like, more complicated and kind... It just... It cheapened it, really, is what it did. And so, yeah. That definitely took it down a couple pegs for me. I was... I'm and still something that, like, honestly makes me angry when I think about it. And to me, is a really, really big miss. And will forever taint the show in some ways for me. Well, especially because they were doing the multiverse stuff yeah. to come up. So I kind of thought that was weird that they decided to use Evan Peters as almost a red herring. Yeah, it was very odd. Yeah, I, I did not enjoy it So, at like, all. that that was kind of, that's what I think pushed that away from being number one for me. If I had to really, like, 
the biggest distinction between Hawkeye and WandaVision was really that for me was like there were certain pieces that I just would like eat and that was one of them that I just yeah. was like that was I mean if you think about it they were very similar in the sense that we liked all the episodes up until the last one yeah but the big differentiator is that WandaVision had a big big miss yeah and that was the Evan Peters cameo well it's Whereas like Hawkeye, bringing in Kingpin and saying that's not Kingpin though yeah like exactly, I was like what exactly. <laughs> Hawkeye did not make the same mistake yeah so I don't think I really ever thought about it that way before but that is probably yeah. one of my bigger reasons the reason it, it does, you know, surpass some of the others for me and, and slides into that number two spot, I don't think we're ever going to get a level of hype about a show the way that that was on a weekly basis, whether that's the function of it just being the first show back in two years or just the nature of the show and how crazy it was. I think it was the nature, if I'm being honest, because I mean, when you walk away from you know, honestly, I would say every other show, with maybe the exception of Loki, just because that was so chaotic. That that was like, if WandaVision was the perfect middle, Loki was to the far right, and the other shows were the far left kind yeah. of thing. My thing with WandaVision was like, it was like, you didn't know what was going on, because Wanda didn't know what was going on. And that's what I really liked, was like, you consistently were like, what? But like, in a good way. And I know we'll get into Loki then during the rankings, but then I thought we had the opposite issue with Loki where it was, like, too much, like, what is happening? And, like, the characters, I kind of knew what was going on, and then it was like, but we didn't know what was going on, and it just was, like, stressful. So I thought, like, WandaVision was just, like, that moment of, you know, every episode, because you didn't know what was happening, you were, like, theory after theory after theory after theory. I mean, Mephisto, like, oh my God. made his appearance about 15,000 times to have never actually made it in the show. Like, there was just so much going on, and everyone, ne- like, there were so many ways to take it. Yeah. And, and I, I think, think that too, was built the hype. Like, it really, so, obviously, you guys know we didn't have the podcast at the time, but that doesn't We did mean- have the blog. Yes. Part of is, the blog. In its yeah. infancy, the blog was there. You know, before we crystallized it into the podcast. Yes. But, you know, I still think that despite us not doing this on a more formal basis for the podcast, we are still plugged in. We are still having conversations with oh, yeah. our network of Marvel fans. And so, you know, those conversations, like, I don't know that I, other than No Way Home, have been that hyped this year to have, you know, those conversations and be so excited. And to your point, the theory after theory after theory, like, I just don't. None of the none of the other content, again, other than No Way Home, kind of reached that level of hype, and so that's why it's there's no other option than to put Wandavision as number two for me. I agree. Moving into number three, this is where we're going to start to get a little discrepancy. I put the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, let me explain my side before she'll go into her number three. Personally, this is also slight bias because Bucky is my absolute favorite character. So for me, look, I was just looking forward to it to begin with. I also just love Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan's, like, relationship. And they pretty much just bring that on to screen. So I just was always looking forward to, and while watching the show, was just looking forward to their interactions the whole time. I liked it, too, because I liked the aspect of finishing that serum theory. Or not, I shouldn't say theory, but, like, storyline. Because we knew that they were taking blood from Steve. We knew that they probably were taking blood from Bucky. It makes sense to have had kind of their a possibility of the super soldier serum out there. I liked this one too, which I know, I think this is a reason a lot of people complain about it, but it kind of dealt with some more real life issues that I think a lot of people 
Some of them don't always like that when they, like, want to watch Marvel things, which I get it. You know, not everyone's cup of tea is to see what they already see outside their window. But I personally really liked it. I like seeing it play out. And I would say in a lot of different areas. Yeah. I mean, like, even the villains, their whole thing was because of what happened with the blip. I think it was a good aspect of the blip. I liked seeing it. I liked seeing the outcome of it and what it caused and how hard it was. Because it's even mentioned in... What, far from home, Aunt May's like, you know, I came back into my apartment and the family living there was so shocked. And it's just like a throwaway line while this entire show highlighted how important that was. I think, sorry, I just want to say something off of what you were saying. What we saw in Far From Home and WandaVision was the personal repercussions of the blip, right? Yeah. You saw, or or the battle against Thanos, you know, that kind of whole storyline. You saw, obviously, the death of Tony and how it affected Peter, to your point, May's throwaway line. And then Wanda's motivation in WandaVision is her reaction to the loss of the love of her life yeah. in Vision. Those are very personal consequences and very personal outcomes. But for the first time, what we saw in Falcon the Winter Soldier was on a global scale, how was the world different during the blip? And how was it then, you know, put back on its head when everyone came back? Exactly. And to your point, I really liked that as well. Well, and then I have to say, well, maybe the first five episodes, not all of them were the strongest. I have to say, as much as we hated John Walker... The point was to hate John Walker, yeah. and I love that, and I like that we're now going to see him as a U.S. agent. I think that's perfect. I think Wyatt exactly, Russell did a really good job. Yeah, I mean, like, it's exactly what, like, I think the out of all the shows, it gave us the biggest shock factor. I mean, I don't think you oh can ever God. sit there and, I, when I think of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the blood on the I, shield. yeah, I genuinely, that is what I, that picture of him when it's, like, the camera's underneath him, and he's standing with the blood of the man that he just killed with the Captain America And shield. then at the very beginning of the next episode, when Sam is wiping the blood off with his bare hands. Yeah. Those two shots in tandem will forever be how people remember that show. Exactly. Yeah. And I just, for me, I thought it was, like, I truly thought it, it was great. I thought there were a lot of mixes of really good humor, because that brings in Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Sands. Not only their relationship, but just the way Seb plays Bucky, like... I just think of, just like... so straight, but then he's, like, like a straight shooter, but then he's also, like, so dry. I just oh, I just think of when John is fighting... <laughs> the Dora yeah, And he's like, you're looking good, John! And I just, just like... so sarcastic. Yeah, like, it's, like, a perfect one-liner kind of thing. So, you know, I like it for that. And lastly, I have to say, out of all of them, I think the show gave us the strongest end, like, final episode. I mean, that episode had us all over the place. We were screaming, like... I literally was throwing, I think we were just saying this in another episode, I was throwing myself off a chair because I was when just Sam like. When Sam crashed through that window in that suit, I honestly, I think I had an out of body experience. Yeah, like everything was going perfect. It was perfect. Like it was a perfect ending to that show. And so that for me is why I put that one at number three. So this is where we do diverge a little bit. I'm not going to lie. For me, the three spot is hard because. I like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I like Loki, and I like him for different reasons. Yeah. So, I'm gonna, I'm, I tweeted this, so I'm gonna stick with what I tweeted before. Loki in the three spot for me. As Katie's mentioned many times, (laughs) I love Tom Hiddleston. So, the same reason she's a little biased about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that's what gets it for me for Loki. Because, you know... When you see lists of some of the best cast roles of all time, Tom makes that list every time. And there's a reason for that because he gets the character. So I love that. I also just think the 
ramifications of Loki are so explosive, like, it opened the multiverse. Like, No Way Home is not possible without Loki, so it is such an important show to what we're going to see for the next potentially 18 months to two years in terms of content, so that is also, like, really exciting for me. And honestly, I did enjoy Loki. I think where it kind of went off the rails for me a little bit was episode five and six. But up until that point, I was really genuinely enjoying it. And I did enjoy five and six. It was just not as much, I think, as the first four. It got a little confusing. It got a little wonky. And it was not exactly what I was expecting. And maybe I just need to expect a little less. I don't know. But yeah, so that for me is why Loki sits at number three. And then I'll just go right into four because I kind of already said it was Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I do agree. Strongest ending of any of the shows. That ending was flawless. It was exciting. It had comic accurate suits. It had the official next era Cap take his mantle officially and just step out and say, I am Sam Wilson and I am Captain America. And then right after that, I think they confirmed Cap 4, which is, you know, so exciting. So that one, I think for me is, is you know, clearly in the number four spot. But at the same time, I do waffle on the two of them often. And you kind of got to catch me on different days. I might have a different answer because they're very close, but for very different reasons. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, number four is actually what if. Couple reasons for this, and I abhorrently hate Captain Carter. So, <laughs> so for me to put what if above Loki, like get, let me get there and I'll explain. And for those of you who kept up with us while Loki was coming out, you know why I like really can't with Loki. I like the premise of what if. I like the idea of seeing how one small thing truly could have changed so much. The zombie episode, I know I've said that already. So good. It was so good. And I just like being able to see, and I know it was animated, but I like being able to see some of the characters that maybe have been playing side characters or have been always the, like, kind of their characters. Or not really ever explored other than, like, so I'm just thinking immediately of, like, Jotun Loki. Yeah. Like, you see him in Thor, and then he never once again is his frost giant form for the rest of well, and the yeah, and that's- the- franchise. That's what I mean. So I think the premise of it, just seeing like one small change can lead to so much and seeing some of these characters that, you know, I mean, that's why I think I like the zombie episode so much as well is like most of that team were people who were like not considered the main Avengers, you know, like you had Bucky and you had the Wasp. Yeah, well, I was also going to say Ant-Man, but he was, like, he's kind of head, so I don't know if he was, like, a <laughs> um, Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. But, like, that. you had Peter, who was still at the time, to- like, because obviously that was before No Way Home, coming into, like, still being kind of just there, because he was still, at the time, Iron Man's kind of dude. You know, so you just had, like, a- you even had Sharon Carter, I don't even like her either, but I was, like, chilling. So, I like the premise of it. I didn't... Okay, well, first, one last thing I really liked was I did like seeing if Ultron won. That freaked me out, and I loved it. so scary. I loved it, because essentially he would have been unstoppable if they would have, like, let him get into Vision's body and had the Mind Stone. So, and I'm also an Age of Ultron person. I, I know that's, like, another thing, but I'm an Age of Ultron person. So for me, it was like, he was one of the villains that I don't think was done justice fully, and I think he had so much more potential And what if showed that. What got me, and one, it being Captain Carter, but two, I didn't love that then they tried to bring everything together into the multiversal war. Without the Gamora episode. And yeah. she was just there. Well, that, but I just didn't really like the, that it all combined them. Because oh, then I, I was like, that. 
Well, my thought process is now you're making more seasons that you're still going to be bringing certain characters. So I was like, okay, but then are you going to have, like, you can't really have another multiversal war. So I was like, uh, what are you going to do next? Because, like, like, the concepts of just keeping it episode by episode was fine. And you could have done that endlessly. But then because you tied them together, I felt like you lost a little bit of that because it was like, you just had a multiversal war. Like, I don't, like, what are you supposed to do that's bigger than that? I, and then, of course, like, now with more of the, now with the MOM first trailer out, and we see Dark Strange, now the repercussions of what if could be playing out, and, like, I like that concept, but then again, I'm kind of like, this feels stressful. You know, like, I like watching this on the screen, just seeing other ways that our heroes could have gone different directions, so it's like, now them br- being brought in, like, could be a little much. I also, like I said, can't stand Captain Carter, and I cannot... If she comes in as live action, I'm going to be really mad because I don't like Haley Atwell. So, and I'm very passionate about that. But that's why it's in spot number four <laughs> for me. All right. Well, then I'm just going to quick finish up with my spot number five, which is what if. I think for me, this was always going to be the last spot unless Hawkeye was like really boring, which clearly it wasn't. If given the choice between live action and animation, I will pick live action every time. It is right. not a function of how much I liked the show or the storylines or any of that. It's just, for me, my preferred medium is to see my favorite actors on screen and not just their voices. So that's really why it just is always going to be behind the live action for me. I'm not really, I don't really need to expand upon that anymore. It's just a medium thing for me. All right, then I'm going to wrap up with my number five, which is Loki. (laughs) To give context, before Taylor was a big fan of Loki, I was always a very large fan of Loki. And I mean, for Bucky being my favorite, I don't think that's a surprising thing. I tend to pick the more darker characters who have, like, kind of that redemption arc. Wanda, Natasha, Yelena. Like, <laughs> like, Steve Rogers. Yeah, so I don't think that's a surprise. So for me, I mean, I was really looking forward to the Loki show. Like, I continuously told Taylor, like, I have a great year. I'm getting Black Widow. I'm getting Falcon and Wind Soldier. I'm getting WandaVision. I'm getting Loki. Like, I was like... I have all four of my favorite characters coming out in content this year. This is awesome. And one of them, two of them's dead. <laughs> so I was like, this is awesome. And I have to say the first two to three, I think were fairly good. I was here for it. And I was looking forward to each show and each episode. And then my biggest complaint is the whole like silky thing is weird to me. Um, Especially now that we've seen No Way Home and we've seen that like, they're referring to each other as, like, brothers, and then they're, like, making Loki and Sylvie fall in love with one another. I thought it was unneeded, personally. I also, like, and I know I'm not necessarily alone because I think Loki's up in the air for a lot. A lot of the hardcore Loki stands didn't really love it because, too, I mean, if you take 2012 Loki, this is probably Loki's lowest point of Agreed. his life. Yeah. And we see it take, what, six years? For him to really work through a lot of it. And there's a lot that happens in the meantime. But to work through a lot of what goes on in his life. And I, I know, like, the counter-argument is a lot. Well, he saw how his life ended, blah, 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 blah. But I'm like, this is the darkest version of Loki that we see. When he is arrested. Well, and then with Loki, he ends up being... Like, the show, he ends up obviously at the TVA, blah, 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 blah. But, so when people are kind of like, oh, all of a sudden he's just like a very different version of him. I was like, I, yeah, it just didn't feel like a proper character. Like, it just kind of fa- felt like we went from one version of Loki to a very different version of Loki within a very small amount of time when it took us six years to watch him do any, like, you know what I mean? So 
character arc wise, didn't love it. Like I said, the whole silky thing really didn't like that. And I just kind of thought in general, like it was a little, t- I think Taylor brought this up. It was a little confusing at times. And to this, to this day, I mean, I think we were, I don't know if we were saying this during the No Way Home predictions or what, but we were like, we're trying to explain the multiverse and timelines and we don't even know what we're, do- we're talking about. Cause I understood it episode one. And by episode six, I was like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I like for a show that's supposed to have, and, and to your point, it did have the repercussions of it created the multiverse, but past that, it made nothing else clear, even though the part of the intention was to make that clear for us. So that kind of was upsetting. And I also, honestly, I saw someone who tweeted, like, you could have taken Loki out of the Loki show and it still was fine. And I was like, that's a valid point. I thought that was really interesting that they were like, you know, someone else could have been in that care, like, could have been the character and it could have still ended exactly the same. You could have put any other character as the variant that you know what I mean and I was like no you're true like nothing about the show felt like it was just for Loki so I hope season two fixes that a little bit I really do because I love the character I love Tom Hiddleston as the character but it just for me felt pretty flat and you know it's bad if I was putting it under what if in my opinion like you know I I, because I love what if but to Taylor's point live action always goes above everything for me but I just I couldn't with the Loki show All right, let's do a quick recap. I'm going to give my rankings, and you'll give your rankings, and we'll move on to the movie. So for me, number one was Hawkeye. Number two, WandaVision. Number three, Loki. Number four, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Followed by last place, What If, simply because it was animated. Then for me, I agree with the first two, where it's Hawkeye, WandaVision. Then number three for me was the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I then liked What If in fourth. And then lastly was Loki. All right, moving on to the movies. Now, I want to give a preface. (laughs) I loved every movie that came out this year. So genuinely ranking these, I feel bad having to put them in three and four because I don't have really complaints about any of them, personally. So while I can confidently tell you my first one that I know Taylor and I both agree on is No Way Home, past that, I'm going to say... It's just kind of a list at that point. Like, it doesn't mean anything because I genuinely loved all of the movies. I feel similarly, but not exactly the same for me. As you pointed out, No Way Home is my favorite. I think most people feel that way. I don't even know if we need to talk about why it's so good. I mean, we we just had the episode come out. That and, I mean, everybody just loves it. There's no reason to have to point out why it's so good because everyone knows why it's so good. We'll just move past that. But to Katie's point, really liked all of them. I did enjoy every single movie. I enjoyed going out to the theaters and going to see a Marvel movie. Magnificent. There's just no other feeling in the world than sitting there with a bunch of Marvel fans and watching a movie for the first time Thursday night in theaters. No other feeling. So, yes, they were all good movies. For me, it's split into two tiers. There's, like, my top two favorites, and then slightly below are my bottom two favorites. And I also want to quick add one more time, because I didn't add it before, we are doing the MCU released film, so Venom will not be included. Oh, yes. Sorry. But if it was, it would probably be my least favorite anyway. Yeah, also um, that. <laughs> but just because it wasn't as good as the first. But we are not including Venom in this yes. list. No MCU adjacent films. Yeah, it will it is the only, the four that were released, which were Spider-Man No Way Home, Black Widow, Eternals, and Shang-Chi. Yes. So we just talked about number one, clear as day. Moving on to number two, I know this is where we start to diverge. For me, it was Shang-Chi. 
I loved that movie. I just thought it was absolutely incredible. One of the best origin stories I think we've seen in the MCU. I loved it. It was funny. It was, you know, it had a lot of depth. It was really beautiful. Like, I thought all the fight scenes were incredibly stunning. They looked like they were dancing. It was just so well done. I loved that movie. It just, so for me, it's a clear number two. For me, I actually think and now I fluctuate a lot, and it's hard. I think for me it's going to be, I'm going to rank them more off of the repercussions, maybe, of them, because I think that might be easier for me. I actually would put Eternals as number two. I have to tell you, like, I love Marvel movies, but I think this was the first movie I genuinely was shocked. Yeah, no. You know, like, I sat there, and when Icarus turned on them and ended up being the main bad guy out of that, I was like, Yo, what? Like, <laughs> totally fleeced us yeah, with I, all of the marketing. I would have never, and it wasn't like Shang-Chi where it was like you just, things were omitted. It was like you genuinely, like, I never saw it coming. No, they cut those trailers to intentionally show us and make us think the wrong thing. Well, and it's interesting because even in the trailers, there are shots of him when you're, when he is fighting the other Eternals. You just don't know he's fighting the other Eternals. Yeah. So it's like, I thought that was amazing. I thought the entire cast was amazing. One of the best ensembles um, I oh, think we've had. Yes. I really, like, they just blew my mind away. And like I said, it for it to have such a shock factor for me, like, I don't, I truly couldn't tell you the last movie. Because, like, even No Way Home, like, I think the biggest shock was Aunt May's death. But, like, you knew that, you knew that someone was probably going to die. You knew that the three Spider-Men were going to come. Like, I think were- for me the biggest shock was the complete and utter blank slate. Yeah. That, yeah. that oh, I yeah. wasn't expecting. But, like, there's a, but there were some things that you could predict. Yes. Versus for the Eternals, I never thought they were, that the biggest battle was going to be them against each other, Civil essentially. War, yeah. yeah. And because, and obviously, you know, the deeper meaning behind the battle was really interesting. And I just thought that the director, and now granted, one of my good friends was looking forward to this movie for so long. He loves the director. And he, I know he loved it, but he honestly was sitting there, like, trying to show me trailers over the summer. And I honestly was like, yeah, I'm like, okay, like, I'm not really, like, it's fine. <laughs> but, like, not that I wasn't excited, but I just was like, yeah, so, like, okay. Like, it's not really usually my type of movie, but it was so good. And I, I mean, obviously, Drew and Makari and Thina, like, all, like, stole my heart. And I just... I didn't expect it to, like, I didn't expect to walk out and just be, like, so, like, whoa. Yeah. And I really did. Like, it it didn't fit the typical Marvel beginning and end kind of thing. It wasn't the typical storyline, and I loved that, and I loved that it was something different. So I would have to put that one into number two. Also, the repercussions of that one, right now... I mean, a celestial like, came to Earth. Like, yeah, we're gonna have, like, a celestial war. I'm also a Harry Styles fan, so, like, <laughs> it was a good little mix that I'm now getting Harry Styles in the MCU. So I just think, like, it's a very interesting storyline and concept that I'm excited to see also where it goes. Yeah, for me, that was the number three. I think, like I said, No Way Home and Shang-Chi were just so incredible to me, and then there's a bit of a drop-off, and then it's Eternals. But for all of the reasons that you mentioned, I honestly kind of forgot about how big the twist was. I think... Oh, I, I literally went and saw it by myself, and I was sitting there, and I was jaw-dropped. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the time, I remember we talked about it in the reactions episode, but I think, you know, so much has happened since then. It feels like that was that movie came out two years ago. Yeah, so I'm true. actually glad you reminded me that that movie was bonkers. Yeah. Because it was. So, yeah, that for me is the number three for all of the reasons that you said. And then, so for my number three... Well, this is hard, because like I said, I loved every movie that came out. 
I would have to be putting Shang-Chi at number three. I, as a martial artist myself, I, I can really, like, respect everything that happened in that movie. I thought it was great. I thought Shang-Chi was the first real example of how they put us off with marketing sometimes. And so, I mean, I did not expect a whole dragon and a whole, like, like that there was intense. Yeah, there was so much going on in a good way. Yeah. And I really didn't know where it was going to be going. I just thought he was kind of going to be fighting his father for most of it. But another sympathetic villain. Yes. So I really, really liked that aspect of that. The fact that, you know, the father was not inherently trying. I mean, granted, he already, he had like an organization that was questionable. But I didn't really expect that it was like not him purposely trying to be like a terrible person. He truly was like under a spell, essentially. Just wanted his wife. Yeah, I exactly. And I um I don't know. I I thought just the entire film itself was just well done. I thought everyone in it, I mean Aquafina and and every time. Yeah, like they steals the show. They just it were hilarious to me. It was certain one-liners that you're just sitting there and you're like, "Oh my god, like their friendship is so funny." Like even on the plane when she's like, "So you moved to America and you moved you named yourself Sean, like you changed your name to Sean." She thought your dad wouldn't find you. I was like, <laughs> "Well, also the return of the fake Mandarin, whose name currently is Trevor. Yes, Trevor and Morris also show took the entire show. I thought that was hilarious because they also bring up that not just him posing as a Mandarin, but the organ that like oh, what's his face from the third Iron Man, who's the blonde dude who like oh. turned Pepper into some heat issue thing. Um, yeah, don't, I don't even remember his name, man. but <laughs> yeah, I I can like picture him, but I'm like I don't know. But, like, he brings up, like, that they were having him play as, like, it was interesting to finally see the Ten Rings as what the Ten Rings is. And that kind of had kind of a plot, a slight plot twist, too, with the sister possibly taking it over now. Yeah. So, I just thought the cast, everything about it was great. And honestly, then, I think that made it very clear what our number four is. Now, I want to say my reasons for Black Widow being number four first, because I know Taylor has negative reasons why it's number four. For me, it's very different. As I said earlier, the my, Black Widow was my favorite Avenger from the get-go. So before Wanda, before Bucky, before Loki, loved her. And I was really excited for this film. Whether or not it was after her death or not, I was like, I'm excited to see it. I didn't know what it was necessarily going to be fully about because, you know, this was a time before, like, she partnered back up with Steve after she was on the run, so you didn't really know what to expect fully. I did not expect to... First off, the opening credits still is the best opening credits of any Marvel film. Hands down. Hands down. I mean, I still can't hear that song without, like, tearing up. Yeah. Like, you can't... Like, I bought it off of Disney Plus before it came out to watch it again so I didn't have to go to the theater again. But I just, in general, I didn't expect to be falling in love with the characters the way I did in a much different way. I thought they were hilarious. Like, even, I just, like, always think of, like, well, Yelena obviously stole the show. What a standout. Yeah, I mean, that but, performance was just incredible. But when Alexi's out here, like, talking, trying to apologize to his daughter, and, and Melina's like, you don't have an earpiece. <laughs> and I just, like, like, just the entire, like, family dynamic, because it's something, it's like, finally gave more of a story to who Natasha really is. And I, to this day, I mean, her last line, I think it's the last line that she says in the film when she's going to meet Steve is like, you know, I didn't, I always thought I didn't have a family. Turns out I have two. Yeah. And I, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And, you know, I thought what they did with releasing the widows and that being the main thing and 
all of it just was amazing to me. I thought the deeper, re- well, as you can tell, I'm a fan of the deeper repercussions of just like, or the deeper meanings. And so that obviously, I mean, it was literally trafficking. So I, I love seeing the ending. I, I just thought the whole thing was really good. And you finally saw her, you know, it was finally what she's able to do. I mean, the girl broke her nose to defeat what's his face. That like, Drakoff. Dr- thank you. I was like, what? Like, you can't beat that kind of thing. My only issue with Black Widow, other than, yes, it should have been sooner, but that's just also a Black Widow fan's in general preference, was that she deserved to have gotten it sooner. She deserved to have gotten her own trilogy, and that annoys me that she didn't. But my biggest complaint is more of Taskmaster, just because I didn't mind the redemption of Taskmaster. I thought it gave more of the human face to her after everything that happened and that her father was using her as a weapon, essentially. But when you know Taskmaster in the comics, I felt like it was another wasted villain. And that was really my biggest complaint with the film, was that it just felt that the villain, the main villain self was obviously Dracoff, but the villain that they kind of have coming out, like, she could have been there, but giving her the name of Taskmaster and putting her in that exact suit wasted that villain, in my opinion. You could have still done it exactly the same, maybe not using Taskmaster, but because you did, I just felt, you know, it wasn't my preference, in my opinion. But other than that, I love the movie. Like I said, all four of mine, for me, it's, like, really hard to rank them because I I loved all four of them. Yeah, I mean, I think we agreed, we obviously did agree on... Black Widow being the last. I do want to couch, you know, what I'm about to say with, I also enjoyed the movie. Mm-hmm. So this is not me, you know, pooping on the Black Widow movie because <laughs> I did enjoy it. I mean, go back and listen to our reactions episode. I definitely loved the movie. I thought it was very enjoyable. I thought it was, for the most part, very well done. The biggest thing that is still my complaint is that I was watching a character that I knew was dead. It was hard for me to then invest in the movie because I know what the ultimate outcome is. So I really and this is just a personal preference thing, I don't like going back in time, especially when I know that there's a definite end to the character. For me, it's like, why am I doing this? Why am I investing? Cool, you gave me a great new character in Yelena, and that kind of made up for it. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, why? Like, yes, she deserved her own movie. I get it. But at the same time, it was almost cheapened by the fact that you'd already killed her. Yeah. So... That will forever kind of taint this movie for me. I mean, the best aspect of it now is when you do watch it in chronological time for order. Sure. Yes. It's there now yeah. to fill in that blank. I just think with the actual timing of its yeah. debut, yeah. it was off. If you're a new fan and you're going in timeline order and you're you know, ignoring the end credits because you kind of got to, if you're doing that, it's a great addition to her character and to the MCU as a whole, because to your point, there are some ramifications. You do then understand more about her and Clint's relationship, all yeah. of it. And then with Hawkeye, it was very right. important. So yeah, but if you are someone like us who's been watching since 2014, 2015, 2016, whatever it might be. Whenever Age of Ultron came out. <laughs> somewhere in there. I For think. me, it was, it was Cap Civil War, so 2016, very clear for me. But, you know, for someone who's been watching them for five years, you already, I watched Natasha die on screen. Yeah, I when it came out like <laughs> opening weekend i watched that happen and so like i can't then pretend i don't know that when i'm watching her movie for the first time yeah. and so it's always going to cloud this movie for me and that's why even though like i said i enjoyed it its place in the universe is always going to be no, I lower agree. because of that 
I mean, I agree. I, like I said, though, it was more for the debut of it. I think moving forward, it doesn't really feel that big of an impact anymore because it, it falls nicely in its place. But I kind of had the same feeling of what happened to Captain Marvel. Yeah. But the issue with Captain Marvel was that was an origin story, which is what I think messed her up even more versus at least Black Widow was already a beloved character. Established. Yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously, I almost think, like, to some degree, her death almost made it more important for some people to feel to see the movie. You know what I mean? Because it filled in some of these blanks in her life. So, I don't know. I feel like there's, like, a there's two sides of that coin. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, let's do a quick recap on our movie rankings. I came out the gate with No Way Home because you all know why. Shang-Chi came in second for me, followed by The Eternals, and lastly was Black Widow. And then for me, obviously, I agreed with No Way Home. I don't think you cannot put No Way Home as your top movie, uh, at least this year. And then I did Eternals, I had Shang-Chi, and then I had Black Widow. Awesome. That was 2021 in a nutshell. Crazy. Five shows, four movies. What a year. What a year, Marvel. And so really quick, going into 2022, we're both just going to give our two picks one for the top movie that we're excited to see, and one for the top TV show. So, Taylor, real quick, what's your movie? All right, is it anything but Multiverse of Madness? I don't think it should be. I mean, is there anything coming out? I mean, I know there are things coming out beside it, but, but let's should be anything real. be more exciting than no. Multiverse of Madness? No. No, just the rumors coming out of that camp are ridiculous. So, no. Multiverse uh, of Madness is my movie. It's clear it should be everybody's movie. Not that I'm telling you what to think, but come on, people. But while we're on it, it's also my movie. Yes. For 2022, that'll be my top pick. And then what's your TV show for 2022? It's gotta be Moon Knight. I love Oscar Isaac. He was ridiculous in the Star Wars sequel movies. I love him very much. And I also just think it'll be a really interesting show. He's super mystical, and I'm just excited. For me, it's gonna be She-Hulk. I'm really into the Hulk family. I really thought it was interesting, more of, like, following the cartoons of it, more than I followed Bruce in the MCU, just because up until, I think, now, he kind of was that just, like, Hulk smash, literally. Until like, Ragnarok, I would say. Yeah. When they, yeah, when they were giving more, yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I'm saying in the sense of, like, he was just kind of always there. Yeah. They didn't really, even when they did try to give him death, they were, like, random one-liners, so it was like, like even when he was like talking about trying to kill himself, and it was like the most overlooked thing in the entire movie. Yeah, so, or when he was like, "And I can't have kids." Like it was just like random things that like yeah. Bruce has major trauma, yeah. and nobody and, ever talks well, and about then, it. Because the unfortunate thing is, the Incredible Hulk really because they never did it with Mark Ruffalo, and because it's one of the worst movies. <laughs> Um, so sorry, but it's true. It just screwed with the character, I think, yeah. and I think they were then worried to do more with him for the time being. So, I'm looking forward to She-Hulk, because, like I said, the Hulk family, obviously, we're seeing Mark Ruffalo's Bruce Banner in it as well. So, I'm looking forward to that, because I also think we're going to be seeing more of the Hulk family coming about. Yes. Um, I think it's so. also going to be really important for the Thunderbolts, because I would doubt that we're not going to see Red Hulk. So. Well, that's what I mean. I'm yeah. expecting to see Red Hulk. We've seen Abomination and Shang-Chi, and I need more on that later. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was the weirdest cameo to have just put in there. But... Like I said, I'm expecting to see more of the Hulk family as we go about, so I'm ready to see the next step towards that. Awesome. Well, as we said, it's been a crazy good year to be a Marvel fan. I'm expecting a possibly even better 2022. Maybe a little less content, but still going to be a good year, especially when you compare it to the 
bleak and sad time that was our contentless 2020. So go 2022. <laughs> We're super excited. That is a wrap for us. It is when you're listening to this, New Year's Eve. So this is our last episode for 2021. But fear not, we'll be back in 2022. Heck we've, yeah. <laughs> we've got a couple more Spider-Man episodes because there's still so much to talk about there. And then we're going right into Morbius time at the end of January. So a lot of good stuff coming your way for 2022. We're super excited to start the year with you guys and just want to give you a quick shout out and thank you for hanging with us for the back half of the year. It's been super fun and we hope you've enjoyed yourselves also. As always, if you are a fan of the show, please, please, please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already on your platform of choice. Give us a rating or a review as well to help others find our show. Word of mouth also works, so if you've got some Marvel fans that you're friends with or that you know online, go ahead and recommend the show if you feel so inclined. We also have our wonderful, magnificent blog that Katie runs with some extra context and content for you guys. And last but not least, don't forget to check us out, Let's Talk MFT, and the link is also in the show notes where we have our playlist with all of the songs in the movies and shows on Spotify, as well as playlists for the different shows and one big playlist that has all the episodes that talk about the movies. Yep, and then with the same username, Let's Talk MFT, go check out our Twitter we share all of our content on there, so the links to the podcast and the links to the blog, once they go up, are always shared on there, so you can go one place, find it all. Also, we share our theories and retweet and like other theories and thoughts and Marvel news, so make sure that you are following that. And to wrap up this year, the great year of 2021, with all the content we got, Marvel just blew your mind, so let's talk about it.